You're listening to Speak, Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted to me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. I recently preached a Mother's Day sermon on the story of Hannah, and in that sermon I read this verse, and my focus was on Hannah's releasing of Samuel to God. Her vow to God was, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. And in this verse, she does that. She takes him up when he's weaned. We think he would have been about three years old. And when she comes to worship, she offers an ephah of flour, a skin of wine, a three-year-old bowl, and a three-year-old boy. And Eli appears to be completely surprised. Back in chapter one, when she was praying and Eli thought she was drunk, he gave a blessing saying, may the Lord grant to you what you've asked for. But he didn't know what she was asking for. So this is an answer to prayer for Hannah to have this son. But when she comes and presents Samuel to Eli, this is news to Eli. All of a sudden, he has a three-year-old boy. And so if you can just kind of put yourself in Eli's place, how would you respond to this? So I'm a pastor, and if someone came to my office and brought a three-year-old and said, Pastor, I have a gift for you, and presented the child, that would not be very helpful to my ministry. All of a sudden, I'd have this huge responsibility that would take me away from so many other things that I feel God has called me to do. So how does Eli respond? The Bible doesn't really say much, but it does have this line at the end of chapter 1. It says, and he worshiped the Lord there. So after I preached that Mother's Day sermon, I went on a church hike and a friend of mine brought up this verse to me and presented to me an angle that I felt was so compelling, I wanted to share it with you here on this episode of Speak, Lord. So here is the picture. We have a story in scripture of answered prayer that's recorded. That's Hannah's story. She wants a son. She prays for the son. God gives her a son, and she gives him to Eli. So I'm going to consider the possibility that there's another story of answered prayer happening simultaneously but not recorded in scripture. So I think this is just a beautiful possibility. Consider the possibility that Eli was praying for this son too. He was completely unaware that Hannah was praying for his son, and he didn't know where it was coming from. But we do know that Eli would have had a motive because he had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And all the way through Samuel's story, Hophni and Phinehas keep popping up, and they pop up in extreme contrast because Samuel grew in God, and Hophni and Phinehas grew in wickedness. They appear right at the very beginning in chapter 1, verse 3. Samuel's not born yet, but Hannah has it on her heart, and it, it tells us Hophni and Phinehas were serving as priests of the Lord. And right after Hannah prays, after giving Samuel to Eli, there's this section of scripture beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, about the wickedness of Hophni and Phinehas. 
verse 12 calls them worthless. Same word that Hannah used in defending herself against Eli. And she says, don't call me a worthless woman. Chapter 1, verse 16. I don't believe God makes worthless people, but the things that Hophni and Phinehas were doing were certainly wicked. Chapter 2, verse 12 through 17 talks about their inappropriate use of the offerings and demanding it by force from the people, even when those coming to worship would correct them and tell them it's not the way it's to be done. And immediately after that, here comes Samuel. The text is always contrasting Hophni and Phinehas and Samuel. And verse 18 says, Samuel ministered before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. So here is adult sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, and they're ministering before the Lord in a corrupt way. And then in contrast, here is the boy Samuel ministering before the Lord. Verse 22 through 25, Eli rebukes his sons and mentions even more terrible things they're doing. And then right after that, again, verse 26, now the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. This pattern of comparison continues in chapter 3. You know that Samuel got this vision and he keeps thinking it's Eli. And then finally Eli gets the idea, you know, next time you hear the voice say, here I am. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So this is the line that has inspired the name of this podcast and our posture of listening to the voice of God. And when Samuel prays that prayer, God gives him a prophetic word. He says that it'll make the ears of all who hear it tingle. And he tells him how he will fulfill all the prophecies against Eli's house and how he will punish Eli's house for the iniquity of his sons and that Eli did not stop them from doing evil. So Samuel tells Eli all of this. Eli responds in verse 18, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And then again, this contrast, verse 19, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. So it is not a coincidence that the text repeatedly highlights the wickedness of Hophni and Phinehas and then inserts the growth of Samuel into a righteous spiritual leader. So take all of that, and let's go back to this possibility of this unwritten story of answered prayer. Eli knew that his sons were wicked, and Eli had a heavy heart about the whole situation. Here were his sons that he was to raise as holy men of God, and they weren't that. So we know that Eli was grieving this, and more than likely, Eli felt a weight of guilt. He is the priest of the Lord. He's to raise another generation of godly men to lead the people. And I think it's very likely that Eli would have carried around this burden of knowing that he failed to raise his sons in a way that they would lead the people after Eli was gone. So maybe at the same time that Hannah is pouring her heart out to God and asking God to open her womb, maybe Eli is pouring his heart out to God and asking God to give him a second chance. So both are praying for God's grace and God chooses to answer both their prayers in giving Samuel. He gives Samuel first to Hannah as an answer to her prayer. Hannah experiences the grace of God and 
God opening her womb and giving her a son. And then, according to her vow, God gives Samuel to Eli to answer his prayer. And God is showing grace to Eli by allowing him through Samuel to raise up a godly leader where he failed to do that in Hophni and Phinehas. So when we get to the last line of 1 Samuel chapter 1 and we read, he worshiped the Lord there. Maybe that's just a little clue into a wonderful moment of Eli worshiping God and answering his prayer through the boy Samuel. That line is sometimes translated, and they worshiped the Lord there. And certainly we know that Eli is not the only one worshiping because Hannah has this beautiful prayer that comes in chapter 2. But the word that is used for worship is the word that means to bow down, shakah, and it's used in the third masculine singular. So the third masculine singular pronoun is he. So it's referring to some male. And the only men in the context would be Samuel and Eli. And Samuel's three. So maybe he worshiped the Lord there. But most likely, this is referring to Eli. How does Eli respond when he gets a three-year-old to join him in ministry? I would be stressed. Eli responds by worshiping God. So we admitted right at the beginning that this story is not fully written out in scripture. So I can't say that this is actually what happened, but I like to imagine, and I think there's great reason from scripture to imagine, that behind the story of Hannah, there were additional miracles happening, additional examples of God working out situations to show his love and his grace. And we see the grace of God in offering to his priest, who feels some guilt for the way he's raised his sons, he offers him a second chance in the boy Samuel. So I think the reason that this narrative captures my attention is that I realize how little I see of what God is doing behind the scenes. Occasionally, I'm aware enough to see that he's answering my prayers and that he's working out situations for good. But when I consider this possibility with Eli, I recognize that not only is God answering my prayers and working out situations for me, but it is quite possible that in answering my prayer, he's simultaneously using that to answer somebody else's prayer. And there may be multiple angles at which he is blessing someone's life through an act that I thought was just for me. The whole thing just makes me stand in awe of God, who is big enough to work in my story for his glory, and also big enough to make my story interact with others in a way that one day we'll we'll look back and see the whole thing and know that God is so good, that in the midst of all the mess He's continually working all things out for good. And I think when we see it that way, we can respond like Eli. Rather than throwing a fit that we are presented with a three-year-old that we don't know what to do with, we can worship God as we begin to recognize his grace through that gift. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Well, thank you so much for listening to Speak, Lord. 
And as always, you can find all of our episodes by searching for Speak Lord wherever you get podcasts. And you can find more from me at PastorRyanRogers.com.